Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 68. In this episode, one of my friends and I talk about his current understanding of the Christian life, uh, what it looks like to live out Christianity pragmatically without necessarily believing the fundamental tenets of the faith and what the scripture has to say about that. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello. Queen is dead. The queen is dead <laughs> and David's mouth is full. Long live the king. Long live... The king. Long die the monarchy. Long die. <laughs> I think it's stupid that people care. And yeah, I, I think it's stupid for a country to still have a pretend monarch. Yeah. Who's powerless. You know, they do actually have a power, but they never exercise it. Is it the power to... this <laughs> is... I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Uh, uh, it's actually a kind of serious power. Is it the veto power over uh, yeah, burritos? Kind of, not burritos. They can veto burritos? No. Yeah, didn't your uncle invent that? No. Oh, yeah. My Eric's uncle's uncle. wife's. So I'm like... Okay, anyway. Anyways, um, yeah, it's like a veto or like no act from parliament can pass without their consent. and mm-hmm. Or if they... Um, What's the opposite of that? Veto. Veto, I guess. Well, I was going <laughs> like to say like if exactly they exactly the veto they power. Dis- dissent. Dissent. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, it's something like that. Disconsent. Disconsent. Unconsent. Unconsent. Inconsent. Yeah. Um, These two. Okay. All right. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> but like they can they can use that. I mean that's pretty that's a power, but they never use it anyway. Yeah. So they are. I mean they really are pretend, and it's like I think that. It's historically it's interesting because I've only ever grown up with there being a queen. Yeah. Uh, but like it's also like yeah. yeah, it's like well, some people are. Didn't you say that yesterday or something? That there are some people alive yeah. before there was just a queen. You mean like there are people who are older than seventy six years old? No, not anymore. Depend <laughs> dependent. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> no, dude. My my grandpa's older than that. My grandpa was born when King the was in uh, was the monarch of England. So King would Edward, been, I thought it would be George. George the fifth. Sure. I don't know. Um, Sounds right. Doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. None is the important matter. thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like if you're gonna be a monarch, just do it, man. Just be a dictator. That's what I'm saying. Be a monarch. You know, go the Saddam Hussein. Like, who is the Libya guy? Gaddafi, right? Yeah. Omar Gaddafi. Just think and do it, man. That's why. Ayatollah Khomeini. Like, the Middle East is just such a wealth of stability and... <laughs> not anymore. But that's not because of the kings or dictators. Why is it? It's because of us. It's because American-backed coups <laughs> have taken down all of those guys. You know, it's wild because uh, the students... Because Sunday was uh, 9-11... So the students in church, we had a round table and they asked me to talk about 9-11 and I'm like, dude, I don't know if you want me to talk about 9-11 because oh. I'm not going to get, because I said, you know, I remember being 11 in 9-11. Oh my gosh, was it my fault? Uh, and, uh, you know, the narrative was like, they just hate us because we're awesome and free and Christian and like they're Muslim and that's, yeah. and uh, I believe that because I was 11 years old yeah. and then it's like, oh. There's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I just think it's wild that, like, all the people that we are fighting, 
are people that we used to prop up. Yes. Right? We never learned I mean, like, our Saddam lesson. Hussein was our guy. Yeah. And, like, the Taliban, they were our dudes. Yeah. Like, they were, the, they, we sold them their weapons and supported them and everything. Uh, so same with Al-Qaeda. Mm-hmm. What's that? Who's next? Who's next? Yeah. Who's next? Japan. For, to be our enemy? Yeah. yeah. Japan. I mean, if history serves to inform who us, who, are you, who do you think I'm thinking of? Ukraine. Yes, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, we're supporting Ukraine right now to fight against our enemy. But yeah. no, what would have to happen for it to follow the historical pattern is Ukraine would have to defeat Russia and mm-hmm. take them over, and then we would fight Ukraine, and they would kill us with weapons that we sold them in the previous war. My goodness. That is the exact pattern. So here's the thing. Monarchies are stupid, and democracies are stupid. Yeah. So it's like... What kind of Even so want? come Lord Jesus. You know. I was just like, someone needs to tell the British people to just rule Batra- B- Britannia. What's rule the song? Britannia. Britannia. <laughs> rule Britannia. Britannia rule the waves. Exactly. They just need because to do Britons that. never, ever, ever shall be slaves. That's true. Weren't they? Not even to oh, the yeah. Romans? No, yeah. They, they were slaves oh. then. But like, never again. Never again. Never I forget. Mean, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> the Irish were slaves. but To the British. To the British. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we will never be slaves. We will only ever be enslavers. <laughs> so, you know, you've heard the whole... And don't worry, I really do think this whole thing is stupid. But you've heard the whole thing about how like a bunch of people were saying, oh, it's good that the queen died because yeah. Like, yeah, she's a symbol yeah. of white supremacy and and it's like then you have a lot of conservative people who are like no like it's one of the last vestiges of a time when blah 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 like when men were men and before all this transgender garbage and everything and it's like i i heard a guy on a podcast i was actually listening to today he said okay but let's just imagine that in the south in the united states there was only one family that owned all the slaves and then like the slaves were freed but that family stayed like crazy wealthy and they ne- <laughs> like they never gave it up. And then there were like TV shows talking about how like, oh, this family is about to have another kid and then they'll be the heir to this fortune that was amassed. And it's like, there is some truth behind that. Oh, there's truth to, to it all. I, I think like, I think Queen Elizabeth amassed a personal fortune, not the whole royal family, but just her fortune was like half a billion. And you know what's wild? Is that... Uh, J.K. Rowling was still, like, worth more than her. Yeah. Yeah. J.K. Rowling is worth more than the Queen of England. It's Queen of England said. (laughs) But even a week ago, or however long it was. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't get it. And then, like, what makes it really strange is when Americans are sad. Yeah. It's It's like, like, hey, did you really like a war? (laughs) Did you really like like them? Hey, death to monarch, six <laughs> yeah. Tyrannis, yeah. and uh, like the whole Declaration of Independence went in the course of human events, and then it's like, oh no, no, the queen yeah, died. But she so, was I mean, sweet. She was like, a sweet, cute little old lady. There's a difference between lady. like being sad and caring. Yeah, well, like, somebody posted. <laughs> so That's such a great line. There's a difference between being sad, sad and caring. And then caring. <laughs> like you don't care. You're just sad because someone died. Like they're like, you don't have to care. There was like, a... name, 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 name another family member, and they can't. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a bunch of people can. Like, it's a soap opera for a bunch of people. I was going to say that someone posted a meme, and it was... (laughs) It was Betty White and Queen of England, and it was like, America, 99, England, 96. We still beat you. Wow. I mean, (laughs) Betty White was not quite a monarch. 
She was the queen of. It was uh, the queen of. Finish that sentence. Nick at night. Boom. Nick at night. Nick at night. She you was on Nick that? at night. With uh, the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls were on Nick at night. Yeah. I thought Nick at night was like, uh, like all that, but at eleven o'clock. No. Um, that I think was... you're thinking of TV Land. It was TV Land, and then Nick bought, Nickelodeon bought it. Dude, no, TV you're Land. lying. Oh, I thought your TV Land, I feel like it's still I, a thing. I think then uh, what was on it because I I kind of remember we were talking about. I think that just turned into Snick. Remember? Snick? Oh, Snick, man! You yeah. remember the sofa with like yeah. the throw pillows? This filmed Snick Saturday <laughs> yeah. Night Nicktoons. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, holy cow! You know what also is Nick at night is uh, John Chapter Three. Oh, I get it. That's funny. That's funny. That was That's uh, funny. I heard that from a Christian rapper. If there can be said to be such things, Do you need to explain it to you, David. Yeah, I don't. No, know. don't explain oh, okay. it. Well, yeah, uh, okay, Nicodemus in John chapter three. <laughs> you are explaining. And it. he talked to Jesus at nighttime. Ah, oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's a joke. You see the punchline and all. Yeah. I've seen a lot of memes about the Nicodemus. Like, oh, we're back on that. <laughs> I shouldn't be funny like, and you should be listening. You must start laughing. There's a weeble bubble camp out. Hold on. It's Irish, not Scottish. It's Irish? Okay. What's Irish, not Scottish? He's going to explain. There's a weeble bubble camp out. And someone said, finally, the Irish still the lab can't finish the job. Wow. That's funny. Speaking of leprechauns. Nope. Nope. Nah, you're right. Speaking of false hope. False hope. What are we doing? There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric, you you have a uh, topic that you'd like for us to discuss. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, there were other people here with us when we talked about depression and we want to talk about joy. And we have to eventually talk about joy. But here's the difficulty that I find with joy is uh, how do you have it? How do you attain it or keep it? I guess we're going to have to even define what joy is. But, like, how do you have whatever that is if at the same time you're struggling with intimacy with God? You're struggling to feel intimacy with God. Yeah. And you have a desire to feel joy. Right. And you find yourself unable to. Okay, David has a thought on that. So you're saying it's impossible to have joy without... Having a relationship with God, I'm assuming. Without having a wow. sense of intimacy with God. See, so, yeah, okay, well. I'm just, I'm just. I'm no, but that's a God. great phrased question. <clears throat> and I'm like, maybe it is impossible. Maybe the Bible would define okay, what do you th- joy. What do you define joy as? What do I define yeah, joy as at this moment? I do think it has to do with um, emotion. And I think that, because people try to differentiate happiness with joy. And I'm like, I think that's kind of artificial. I just think that. Joy is, like I said, an emotion or a feeling, and I, and I think that goes into thoughts and all this stuff. So it's not just emotion, but of just this overwhelming sense of like delight, almost this strengthening, and I think it it encompasses gratitude. You know, um, I mean that's not like the best definition but those that's what i'm thinking when i think joy is that and it's just, it's sustained for some period of time it's not just a mood yeah i'd say so, another uh, element that i would want to make sure is included in the definition is contentment like with where you are at life in life you know so okay. do you like, not feel any of that 
Okay, but I'm in a weird spot because I do feel that, but it's not, I don't know how related it is to God, if that makes sense. So, I'm like, can atheists feel that? So, David, you would say that it is possible to feel joy without God? Yes. Okay. And I know. Interesting. It's like, well, uh, a friend said, like, it's possible to have feel love without God. I'm like, yes, I do that. Yeah, I, I think but there's I, a way to define those words where I would say it's not like only Christians can ever experience emotional attachment, if that's what you mean by love. Or um, like even, you know, the capacity for self-sacrifice. You know, I think that that's a lot of what love is. Um, or joy in the sense of like, you know, serotonin levels and elation and an elevated mood and a smile on your face. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's possible for non-Christians to sense those things, but I think that they're unsubstantiated. Like, I, every smile on an atheist's face is like, it's, it's unfounded because I can just tell someone like, oh yeah, you, uh, you, you're having joy in this moment. Think about the fact that in a billion years, absolutely nothing that you love or care about will matter um, the way I, I, I talked about this, uh, in church on Sunday, it's like, you know, you can cure cancer or shoot up a school and it doesn't matter in a billion years, the sun's going to explode and nothing that you did is going to even change the flavor of the ash that's left behind. Like it will not matter. Mm. So, uh, I think that there's the possibility of feeling like a sense of, uh, temporal, like finite joy. And like, oh, I'm enjoying this hamburger or I'm, you know, listening to my daughter's laugh or whatever it is. But uh, it's it's not transcendent and it cannot um, abide. Um, yeah. OK, so I want to just backtrack a little bit. Uh, I do feel like I have contentment and I, and I give thanks to God for my life. Um, Gratitude is huge. Right. But. It's like, I'm also at this place in my life where I'm just asking a lot of questions. And so it's like, I, I don't need to be convinced there's a God. I, I know that, or I'm convinced, I should say. But if it's the person of, well, of Jesus, the Trinity, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I think there's some question marks there at this moment. So it's like, in a general sense, I'm grateful to God because I, I do see a design and I think I see his uh, love imprinted on everything. And so it's like, yes, I, I do have this joy, but trying to be intimate with the God of the Bible, I, I have always struggled with that. And I, I don't think that, I don't know if I'll ever get anywhere with that. And so it's like, if that's what it should be tied to, then that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to have joy. You've never felt intimacy with God, like through the scriptures. I would. Okay. There's, I almost feel like there's two questions unless you're meaning specifically just through the scriptures. Is that what you mean? Um, feel, I, I think I know where you're going, but yeah. feel free to elaborate upon it as you so, would. So like, I would say I have on both, like just have, have I ever felt in, intimate with God of the Bible? Yes, I have. And then even reading scriptures, yes, I have. Um, okay. But 
I would say that that didn't actually mean that I did. Does that make sense? That's where my questioning like is coming from. Like feeling it versus having it. Right. Like, um, like, yeah, I mean, if you, so here's the thing about faith is like, you, it's you believing something, it's you trusting something. Mm-hmm. And in, in this uh, particular context, that, that person really um, is invisible, right? So you have to have this faith that isn't dependent upon more tangible things necessarily, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, the, the thing is about that, though, is you can have, and I have, had faith in things, and then it turns out not to be true. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when I trusted that, yeah, I would say I had that feeling of intimacy. But if now the reality of that is under question, then so is the intimacy. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, and so is the mechanism that you were using to try and analyze whether or not you had true intimacy. Right. right? right, right, right. It's like your own ability to know... Yeah whether what you're feeling is legitimate um i mean i think um i think it's still fine to say that you felt a sense of intimacy with god i mean depending on your personal experiences i think it i think this does uh unlike you know some other more objective things i think that this does because we're talking about an experience yeah um it does hinge on the individual and it is kind of subjective um but i would say like I have felt gratitude and weight, you know, like let's say in Sunday at church you're singing a song and it's just like these gorgeous realities about the transcendent beauty of God or about the the gospel and the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and, and the mercy that the Father extends toward you and the price that um, he was willing to pay to uh, incorporate you into his family and to cover your sin debt to him and everything. And that feeling, I think, is related to intimacy. Uh, And I would say that that should, and for me, and hopefully most Christians, does carry over outside of just the song environment, where it's like I do experience that. uh, It's not like I experience it deeply every day, but in my own prayer life and in my own interaction with the Word, like you're just hit with these realities and you're just, you know, crawling through the book of Philippians and like you hear what Paul says about like the transcendent, value of knowing Christ and becoming familiar with his sufferings and all those sorts of things and it can just put you on your face and I would say um, that I, I, I think it's dangerous to say well I haven't had feelings like that in a while and so I must not be experiencing intimacy with God because hmm. um, you know he's also a real person and so his experience of you is also a factor and, right. you know, even when you feel far from him, his love for you is no diminished. It's it's not diminished from the times that you felt like he was, you know, kind or, or generous or gracious or whatever. Um, so I, in that sense, I would say that I have had intimacy with God. I have ongoing intimacy with God. And I, I would think that that is a... Probably not terribly common, but a somewhat common experience among those who are, would call themselves believers, and especially those who are yeah. really believers. And but you see, the thing is, like, I do agree with you that that's that, that it is dangerous to tie it all to feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like I'm not necessarily looking for a feeling of intimacy, mm-hmm. but uh, more. <laughs> okay. 
Sorry. <laughs> uh, a more, um, I guess it's it's a more tangible experience of the intimacy. So it's not actually my feeling, right? So here's here's my my problem, and the questions that arise is like, like we were just kind of talking about. It is possible to have a lot of overlap with people of other beliefs as regards to experiencing joy and contentment and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I completely agree with you with atheism, but it, it has to do with the philosophy of atheism, which is just nihilism. It's just nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what, what are we, what are you, do, you guys doing here? Um, so, but when you go to like other belief systems that are, that are theistic, you know, it's like, there's definitely going to be a lot of overlap with that. So it's like, what specific tangible experience did I or do I as a Christian uh, have over all the other uh, faiths and religions? And that's that's where I say that it seems what troubles me is it seems and not just in my life, but observing other people, I would say that there's not there's it just seems rather lacking because I, oh, I'm sorry. I would push back, actually, against okay. the, the um, oh, this is something that any theist like anyone who believes in any god uh, can claim to... Okay, anyone can claim to experience that. But I will say, um, if you... Okay, so what are the large theistic worldviews out there? You have... Uh, you have Islam. Islam. You have Hinduism. Mm -hmm. And to one extent or another, you can say Buddhism. Okay? okay. Because some Buddhists are atheists. because, Like Zen Buddhists, they don't believe that the Buddha is a divine transcendent being it's almost more like the force in star yeah. wars it's like uh wisdom of proverbs or whatever but it's not personified and then you have i think they're called mahayana buddhists um, which would be more like thailand where they actually do believe in like the buddha became a god and then they would also believe in other gods so th those are your big contenders then would be um you Islam. include uh, I, I i guess i could include judaism but judaism is just christianity that didn't go all the Incomplete. way you know well, well i just want to like what do you do with like mormonism or jehovah witnesses uh, well i i'm i'm getting there okay? Oh, okay, okay but i'm talking about ones that are more historically rooted okay, okay um historically a muslim would not talk about allah the wow. way that let's say david talked about yahweh okay or paul talked about yahweh um, and certainly in Hinduism, they don't talk about Brahma or Shiva or Vishnu with the same like, uh, friendship, you know, closeness, mm -hmm. intimacy. I don't, I don't want to say camaraderie as if like God is our peer, but right, like, right, man, right. he walks with me. He leads me beside the still waters. He comforts my soul. You know, th that sort of language. Um, if you look at the ancient expression of Hinduism and a lot of the other polytheistic religions, let's say like. Uh, Greek mythology or uh, Egyptian mythology, um, a, a way that it's been communicated to me that I think is really helpful is like they almost thought of the gods as big cats that were up in heaven. Like, I mean, like cats uh, as far as like leopards and lions and things. Uh, and it's like you had to correct, like okay. you had to placate them. You better leave some meat outside or they're going to burst into your house and kill your wife and. Right. and you know, eat her guts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Islam uh, comes along, and Islam originally under Muhammad is a very militant religion mm -hmm. um, where it's like, okay, God expects us to spread this truth through conquest and through the sword. And granted, the Catholic Church also, you know, 
followed suit and made a lot of the same mistakes, but that's not what Jesus actually wound up doing. And so I would say that the extent to which a lot of Muslims today, or let's say Buddhists today, or let's say Mormons today, mm-hmm. talk about God as like this companion, this uh, like, you know, sweet to my soul, just a, a loving father, uh, kind, generous um, friend, I would say that they're borrowing from the Christian worldview. They're borrowing that language and they're borrowing the capacity to speak about a divine transcendent being that way because Christianity has provided that language. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that you do still have to contend with the fact that, okay, well, Travis, but they still say it, you know? And especially with with a Mormon where it's like, okay, they would say that we're just Mormons who didn't go far enough, you know, like that (laughs) they would say about us, what we would say about Jews is that like, they, they're just missing that, that final piece, that final, um, revelation of the truth. Right. Um, and and to which I would say, I I don't think that my main arguments against Mormonism have to do with the felt intimacy with Joseph Smith or Jesus or Elohim, you know, that they would claim to have. I think it has a lot to do with um, the teenage sex cult aspect of, uh, sure. you know, the, the early movement and, you know, other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so like, yeah, I, I would agree. So I, I was saying like there's overlap with, cause there's less overlap obviously with atheists and theists, right? Correct. And so there's going to be more overlap with theists and Christians cause they're also mm-hmm. theists, but the philosophy is the defining thing there that we believe in, a, in an intimate God so much so that we're using language like father, like friend, friend yeah. um, yeah. helper, right? yeah. which, which is amazing. Parakeet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did you get that? I did. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, it took me a split second. To, is he joking or did he mess up? But I don't want to say anything. Yeah. But, um, but that was a funny joke. Uh, another joke. Maybe Paraclete is a uh, word that's used of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like he, he comes alongside of us and, yeah, guides us. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I, I think that there that's the defining uh, difference, though, is the philosophy. So, like, like what you believe in is then gonna define how you express that. Mm-hmm. But what what I'm what I'm getting at is that the tangible experience, right? If if we're saying, you no, know, he's a father, wow, you know, these ancient Greeks are they had a really wicked view of their their gods and stuff. They're saying like, oh, they're they're mischievous and yeah, and Zeus is like out on the prowl, literally raping to people. rape, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, you guys have a difference in beliefs on what who's the deity or how that deity works, but who's having a tangible experience, anyways, right? Hmm. David and and we could say Peter, Paul, all these guys, like, yeah, that's the that's the thing that that I feel like gets me into trouble because I see their intimacy or I see mm-hmm. them writing about their intimacy, and I don't even necessarily doubt it it's just mm-hmm. like okay but like I, even though that's how you're describing things that has not been my experience at all so i'm borrowing off of your experience of god your language your language yeah. but it, to, to be honest like i think i could say there were times where i felt like god was mischievous in a sense of how things huh. turned out and i mischievous or sadistic because when I'm talking about Zeus and no, I like all say these other gods, yeah, I'm talking about cruel. Yeah, no, no, like no. okay, you I, stole I, the gift of fire and gave it to humans, so I'm going to chain you to a rock and have an eagle eat your liver every right, day, right. like that. Yeah, no, that's I don't, not mischievous. No, 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 but no, and that's what I don't mean that. Um, I, I think mischievous in the sense that I felt like I was led uh, 
down a path by God and then it just like it's the rug under my feet was just taken under and there's no explanation there's there's nothing you know no no intimacy no compassion and this has always been your always been my self estimation of your christian life uh i wouldn't say always but it's definitely been there and it hasn't been removed like nothing's removed that because i think in order to remove that again you're gonna have to have some sort of contact where it's like hey let me explain to you what happened so that you're not troubled in your heart or you're going down the wrong Mm. path as far as your thoughts and it's like okay outside of that right like if i look at the world Mm -hmm. like i said i see a loving god i see a god that's that's created in love and for us to love and all that stuff and um so so it's like i don't necessarily believe that that is god however what i experienced i have no way of just brushing aside and just being like oh well that's you know explaining it off yeah yeah so it's kind of like that that's the issue it's like um it's like yeah I, i i man i I was on my knees praying fervently. I really believed that, you know, on the other side of things, God was listening and that he was communicating back so that I was not misunderstanding or misinterpreting. And then the whole thing, the whole project, quote unquote, like fell apart. And it's like, it then it makes you think, was he ever there? Mm. And it's like, what, what was, how did, you know, like, what, what was the whole point? Obviously, I'm not going to know, but it's like, this doesn't build a rapport of intimacy. It doesn't build joy. And, and for me personally, like I just have this almost like PTSD of always, every time that I'm trying to get into with God, I'm like, it's just going to. Yeah. I think this is another thing where it's like, you see the damage that continuationism does, mm. where it's like, it sets people up to think that, uh, the legitimacy of their felt intimacy with God has to do with whether God comes through with things that they perceive that they've been promised or communicated. And it's like, when that falls through, now, kind of like what you were saying, you have this PTSD of like, okay, but I thought I felt this before, and, you know, it wound up falling through. So how can I have faith, um, to use the word, um, that this is not also that same self-deception? Why do you think... Eric, Mm. that I have a hard time taking your lack of felt intimacy with God seriously. Can I say something first? Go ahead. Um, I think it's not the question of like, oh, like, can you find joy, you know, with having intimacy with God? That question you should be asking yourself is like, um, is why don't I feel intimacy with God? Or like, how can I get intimacy with God? For instance, like, if you're saying God is like the Father, or if I'm not, you know, talking to my dad if i'm not hanging out with my dad if i'm not trying to get closer mm. with my dad if I'm, not, if I'm not trying to take these steps to be closer to with my dad then yeah of course i'm gonna not gonna feel mm. intimacy with my dad and i'm not saying you're not but this like, is or you this is touching on what i was getting yeah at. it's yeah. like yeah. but if you're not taking those steps for instance i'm not i'm not trying mm-hmm. to but like I'm seeing a common denominator here is people who do feel the intimacy with God. The common denominator, the, and there's a number one common denominator that people have, is not going to church, but going to church consistently. Because mm. people can go to church, I'm like, yeah, but it's going to church consistently. Mm. It's praying consistently. Yeah. Trying to, instead of saying God why, then like doing other stuff, it's like, you instead of trying to pursue it. Um, it's the, it, I think it's, 
what 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 steps are you taking to try to get the, the intimacy um so yeah and all this like i want to add on here i do not doubt the fervor of your individual prayer or bible study uh as far as like i i do operate under the assumption that you have um, that maybe it's not now like it has been in the past, but that you have fervently sought um, intimacy with God and prayed and cried out to Him and all those sorts yeah. of things. But it's hard for me to uh, really weigh heavily someone's complaint of a lack of felt intimacy when there are very plain, I would say, commands um, that are not being brought to bear. Right. Well, I think that I think that's the the problem because I would say from my my perspective, I I don't weigh heavily on what you guys are saying because I think one of the flaws in your argument is that I experienced this while doing what you're what you're telling mm -hmm. me to do. So imagine a doctor tells you take two of these and the headaches will go away, right? So you, and you take, say, well, years ago I was taking two of those every day and I still yeah. had the headaches, right? So yeah. you would want to be prescribed something different, mm -hmm. and it's like that's why. So like. For me, what actually really kills it isn't so much just my experience, but I've observed other people's experiences, mm -hmm. and I would still contend that nobody has experienced really any intimacy. I think when you go to church, nobody, nobody. I'm 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 not I'm not saying that I'm right, mm -hmm. but I am convinced of that. Like, I, I I'm open to being proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong, mm -hmm. uh, but I I will make that that bold claim because I've I've done a lot of work to expand my context to see you know different types of churches what's going on whether physically visiting or just listening to their theology ex ex mm -hmm. you know explained but i i think that the what we're describing as intimacy by going to church one i think that church gives people a structure which is, these are nothing bad mm -hmm. but again i would divorce these things from actual intimacy with god uh -huh. so it gives you a structure and then it also gives you a sense of community. And I think that from a mosque, from a Mormon temple, from, you know, any secular group, you can get those things. A again, Star Wars convention. Right. Uh, you're going to get a different philosophy. I think the, the Christian philosophy is superior to anything out there. And I think that's why it's so great. But I have not observed a single person, a single person, uh, have a tangible experience or or intimacy with god not just an experience but like an ongoing relationship with god i have not and, and you would say that the reason that you're convinced that everyone who's claiming intimacy is yeah. not telling the truth is because they lack supernatural manifestations that and they also contradict themselves okay so what would you say so i i know yeah. that i'm not going to get through to you with right. regard to cessationism and to say like i feel like i have intimacy with god and yeah my felt sense of it wavers from time to time right. um but i i feel uh that i can as boldly say yes to my own uh right, claim right. toward that what would you say that it is that i'm uh describing instead of that thing being intimacy with god you would say travis you're actually under a misapprehension because what you're describing is merely X. So solve for X. For I was going to ask that question. Uh, X is multifaceted. So I think that it's giving you a pleasure because I, I think you really strive and enjoy, like I said, the structure, the sense of community. But I think that the way that Christians talk about the Bible, hmm. that's kind of 
who you made God. So it's almost like how Orthodox, what they believe uh, about icons. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it's like, I think a bi the Bible is a picture. Yeah, at, at least that's what it... Uh, the Bible is certainly less than God. Right. Yeah. And so if... It, so like we, we talk about spending time with, with God as praying and, and reading scripture, right? And it's like, okay, what am I doing when I'm praying and I'm reading scripture? Well, praying, I'm communicating and I'm expressing my thoughts, which mm -hmm. are helpful, mm -hmm. right? But you're, that's what you're doing. No evidence that anybody is even listening because, and I would say as a cessationist, you, would still, you still are a cessationist by, by the fact that you haven't heard anything audibly back. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as reading scripture, this was, um, I remember what conversation it was, but I was saying that it seems very eisegetical that we are putting ourselves in the position of the Corinthians or whoever it is, the Which audience I, is. When we've had that conversation, I would say that's not what we should be trying to do in those Bible studies, right? Right, but yeah. when you remove that, when you remove that, so you're looking at what are the principles, what are the philosophical truths that I can apply to my life, well, and that's what, personal truths about the person of God. Right, but so you so as like so with faith, you're you're going to make a claim and trust it and, and live off that, right? Mm -hmm. So I make the claim that God is a personal being and he has a relationship with me, so that's how I'm gonna live. Mm -hmm. As an observer for myself, where right now I, I would consider myself more neutral to it, I'm just trying to observe somebody have this. I'm looking to seeing evidence outside of that person. Okay. And and that evidence would look supernatural, you're saying? Uh, in a sense, I guess. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to answer it too quickly, but that would be obvious ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're called signs for a reason. I think mm -hmm. they point to an invisible reality. So when you don't have signs, then what is giving you the idea of this invisible reality? Well, I, I read it in the Bible, okay? But if mm -hmm. what you're reading in the Bible is not meant to be experienced... Well, I would say, well, what is the point? But if it is meant to be experienced and you're not experiencing it, then I would say, then there's something, something's going wrong. Something's going amiss. So I can't take anybody's word on the fact that I have an intimate relationship with God. Because as soon as I do, and I have, and I explore it, it usually is very subjective. And I will talk to somebody else who will say the same thing and, the, and their experiences end up contradicting. And it's like, I cannot. Hang on. So say the same thing and it contradicts? Like uh, the, the, the same claim, I mean, not not the same, okay, like the same type of experience, but it's the same. And yet claim. their theology would differ in points. And you would say that that's evidence that they're not truly. Can I give you an example? God. Actually, Go ahead. here's, no, here's an actual example. All right. When I was researching about uh, divorce and remarriage, right, I came mm -hmm. across two videos on YouTube. One of the videos uh, was this guy, and he was saying that, you know, he got divorced. Uh, I forgot for what reason. It was, I think it was adultery. And he wanted to get remarried, but people were telling him he shouldn't because that's a sin. And was he, this guy, like, in the Mennonite church? or Was he in the Mennonite church? Yeah. I I don't know what church he was okay. in. He just kind of tells he committing the adultery or was she? She was. She, okay. So oh. he wanted to get remarried. That matters, too. I had assumed the other. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was committing. Like, he was not yeah. uh, guilty of anything. So he was praying about it, and he said that he was getting communication from God by uh, certain numbers popping up, right? There's a whole numerology thing that's kind of popular with some Christians. 555777, right? And then he said, and then he went eventually to Scripture to back up his point. I was like, okay, this is where it really needs to go. And he did, but like all that was encompassed in his experience, and all that is his claim that God 
was communicating to him that it was okay to get remarried, right? Okay. And uh, which is what he did. Okay. In another video, it was actually a book that was written by a Christian maybe 200 years ago or 100 years ago, where he did the same thing, same uh, reason, same thing. He got divorced and he started having dreams mm -hmm. where um, it was like warnings from God that he should not have divorced. Okay. And that he should remain with his spouse. And, and one of these dreams... Like he should reconnect with her? Yeah. Okay. And one of these dreams, it was... Um, it was weird, but it was like almost this parade or this march that went through his house and like the apostle Paul was there and they were, they told him like, oh, but you can't join us here because you've divorced your sinner. <laughs> so, okay. Anyways, no, he wrote that sounds a, very a hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but either a hundred years, a thousand years, it doesn't matter. It's the same God. Right. And so these people. Well, okay. <laughs> but, okay. It's the claim toward being the same God. Yeah. Right, but that's the that's the position I'm in, mm -hmm. right? I'm saying this is a claim, and they are dealing with the same theological issue, uh -huh. dealing with the same exact context, and it's the same God they're claiming, and it's giving them different uh, answers and experience. And just to cap it off, like I, I spoke to my associate pastor about that because I was like, this is strange, like what, like, and I thought to myself at first, oh, that's just because they're continuationists and they open themselves up to something, but then. I'm like, but wait a minute. People already have this argument with just scripture. There's enough argument just with the scripture. You don't and need to do it. And both people would claim that the Holy Spirit is active inside of them, helping them to interpret right. scripture. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is nothing new. We've we've no, had this it, conversation. It, it isn't. Yeah. It isn't anything new. Well, but let's let's be honest about that. Like that, either both of them are wrong, mm -hmm. or one of them's right, and God is God is not doing anything to make it. Yeah, so the only thing affirmable by what you just said is this. Not everyone who claims to be hearing the voice of God yeah. is. And and would you say in the past almost 2,000 years, anybody has heard the voice of God? Um, I think there's a complicated answer to that, but I would say right. for the most part, no. Okay. I did it. It's just going back to, I'm just thinking, like, then what's, you're not giving us, like, hmm. what, what you're giving me, what sounds like, it's like, oh, the people you know who do go to church, who do this, they're not actually feeling intimacy of God. Right. Well, then, but neither are you. So, like, what's? Oh yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like, but this is gonna be a bad example. It's like what you said. You know, if you have a headache, take this medicine. Mm. What you're doing is like, let's say you have a broken, uh, let's use the headache thing. You have a broken headache, and the doctor's like, okay, take this two pills a day, and um. And the, after that, you just, you, all you did was heal that and you just walked away. Well, you had mm. more instructions. Like, we'll also, like, get plenty of rest, drink plenty of water. Mm. But you notice that other people who took this medicine, their headaches go away. Would you, no, because I, Eric mm. would say everybody has the headache, just yeah. some people are lying. Well, I would say whether well, or not they have it. And, and uh, so, so obviously, there's going to be some people that are, like, being deceitful. Yeah, the, or self deceived. Right. Yeah, self deceived. Not necessarily yeah. lying. That, and that's what I'm saying is that they're. That but I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing is there's been consistency on one side. And the people, like who, aren't doing any of that and saying, yeah. "Oh, where's intimacy?" No one has ever, well, I'm anyone that I know has never felt any type of intimacy who aren't doing this. Stuff. Oh, there are plenty of people who would also be claiming to have an intimate right. relationship okay. with God that aren't I'm doing X Y Z. But and, you know, and I would also say on this group that are consistent, I know people that also would say the same thing I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That's, that's why I said like people yeah. I know. But okay. it's, I'm. Why, why do we obey the commands of God? Is it because of a felt sense of relief 
that we get by living that lifestyle? No, I, I would say you obey the commands because you believe in God. Okay. So, um, are, are you, mm. don't worry, it's a two-part question, I'm not just being obtuse. Right, right. Are you a Christian? Do you want to answer that now? Yeah. I would say that I am because I'm committed to living that lifestyle, but, you know, I'm being honest, like, I have questions, and so... And I, doubts, yeah, which yeah. is 100%, like, uh, I'd say a part of the Christian experience. Okay. okay. What do you... Uh, okay, I guess I guess that you already kind of spoke more, because I was going to say, what do you mean when you say that you're a Christian... Um, okay. But you've already said that it has to do with your commitment to live according to the commands. But it's like, look, I think that a commitment to living according to the commands means living according to them, even if after years of doing so, you don't feel this sense of reward for it. And that truly the reward is not going to come to you ultimately in this life. And there will be doubt and there will be yeah. angst and there will be, I mean, in the case of Paul, like physical beatings and, and persecutions. Um, but that you continue, um, making, you, you continue striving toward obedience. And I would say, man, the, the main thing, kind of like what David was pointing out is that this has to do, I, dude, I don't even, you know, I don't care if you come to our church or not. I, yeah. I would love it if you would, yeah. but you're neglecting a primary part of the Christian life, which is not just meeting with other Christians and hanging out and singing songs in a group environment. But I would say the main thing is discipleship, like making disciples and having people that are like you're getting to inf you're getting to lead them through the scripture and build their theology, you know, sometimes from scratch in the case of kids or of new converts. But like you're a part of their theological development. And I would say that uh, this this is honestly how I think of you is like I, I think of you and I'm not trying to be offensive, but no. it's like this is this is my friend who is not committed to loving his wife. And yet he keeps complaining about the structure of marriage, like the institution of marriage. Mm. And yet there are clear commands that uh, he will say, well, you know, back when I was making all these sacrifices for my wife, I wasn't getting any. Like, you know, she wasn't she wasn't giving me, um, you know, the sexual attention or the, the gratitude or appreciation that I felt like I was entitled to. And, and I'm not saying that you have this childish yeah. mindset, but just for the sake of the argument, it's like back when I was doing that, I wasn't getting what I thought I deserved. And so now I'm just going to not do it and now expect for things to improve. And I, I, I'm not saying that this deep felt intimacy with God is something that I just live in the middle of every day and I wake up and it's, you know, what Psalm 21, where it's like, wherever I go, there you are. And you're always close to me. It's like, sometimes it's the other Psalms where it's like, how long, oh God, will you forsake me? But the point is, is that even in long seasons of a drought of the felt intimacy and closeness with God, you still stay committed. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives you that capacity to remain committed. Um, okay. So I want to explain this because, um, you know, I, I don't know what you guys would think, but I'm committed to the, the philosophy I see in Christianity, whether or not God is real. Okay. Yeah, that's very troubling. <laughs> no, yeah. And I, but I'm not, I'm not, I wanted to be honest. I, mm -hmm. and I, I would imagine you'd find it troubling. The, because because it's not the commitment to the philosophy of the right. principles of Christianity that saves. It's 
Jesus who saves. Right, right, right. So, um, you know, I want to just get that out that regardless of whether I do or I don't see God, this, this particular God is really being God. I think that this philosophy is about as in touch with reality as I can, I can hope for a philosophy. So you're, you're pragmatically like you're a Christian for sake of being pragmatic. Yes. Um, as far as the, <laughs> that's also very troubling. Right. Right. I, I, I know that's why I'm sharing it. Um, the, when we, when we talk about, like you were just talking about discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that discipleship is any different aside from the philosophy, any different as a process than to, to any other mentoring? What it functionally looks like? Sure. As a, as a process, is it any different from any other type of mentoring? Yeah. But I think that's the same as asking the question like, well, Travis, if you bought your wife flowers and smiled at her and held her hand and, you know, sang songs to her and, right. and held her close, but you didn't actually love her, you're doing this, like your life isn't changed. So you might as well like just obey the commands, even if there's no relationship there. And I would say, okay, sure. It looks the same, but it is the opposite. <laughs> no, I, I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Uh, if, if you uh, try to be mentored by someone just for physical fitness, would you say that that process is different than Christian discipleship? Oh yeah, I would, I'd say yes. In what, in what way? Um, that if I'm mentoring someone with physical fitness, I'm not going to bring the Bible into it a lot. Right. But I'm saying aside from philosophy, I was saying the process itself. Um, yes, mm-hmm. but I think that there are other examples that you probably could have chosen that I'd, I'd be more okay. no to. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but oh, the main no, thing with like Christianity is like, look, you're not my client. Like you're okay. my brother and you're more my brother than my biological sister is right. my sister. And right. I have an on-call relationship with you where if you're having a crisis or if, you know, your uh, wife is in the hospital and or whatever, it's like, I'm, I'm there. Right. Whereas if you're just a client for my physical fitness 2000 program, like I'm not, you don't have that kind of access to me. Okay. So it is uh, familial, like it is a family in a sense that a client relationship is not. And I would say to an extent, every mentor relationship falls short of that intimacy. Right. But that, again, that, has, that, to do with, that has to do with the philosophy behind it. Yeah. But yeah. I thought that was what you were asking about is like the philosophy. The process. So well, like, yeah, I'd say s- the process of like getting a 2 a.m. call from someone like that they're having a crisis of faith and they need to go to Denny's and, you know, talk through it is very different than like, oh, he shows up at my house once a week and we bench press. All right. But, you know, OK, maybe I didn't use, like you said, the, re- the best example. But let's say I I am part of a family that's uh, not Christian. Mm-hmm. I can call my dad at two in the morning and tell him I have, I'm having a midlife crisis. And he OK. Can- mentor me and stuff. so i'm saying like the process there isn't really that different the philosophy might be because we're not christian but the process is like the thing. specific things that you would say at that late night right. dinner conversation is different are different right. yeah but i would say that is the substance of the thing okay not the motions that you go through right but the, again not the i hold my wife's hand and smile at her and, and sing to her but the i love her you okay know? and we're... you can do all the things and convince her that you love her 
even with no love being there that's called being right. a sociopath <laughs> okay you know uh but so this is what i'm trying to get is like if it's if it's more than just that right it would seem to me that what christianity when it talks about discipling the more isn't the the philosophy otherwise i think you'd be okay with me just being committed to the philosophy like you said it's being committed to god right well okay i i think we might be using okay so we're using two concepts okay. the personal intimate relationship right. and the motions that you go through right and i if i was to use the word philosophy I'm talking about the personal intimate relationship. And I feel like when you oh. use the word philosophy, you're talking about the motions that you go through. Right. Well, when I'm saying philosophy, I'm saying the, the principles themselves, the ideals themselves of Christianity. Um, Are and... they different? You're saying uh, if, if you're you living it pragmatically or if you're me living it um, as like as though it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that the, the core of Christianity is the faith that these claims are true, not um, well, I'll be willing to X, Y, Z, but you know, I'm fine doing this even if there really is no God, because no. it doesn't really make a difference to me because I, you know, it, it's the best gig going out there. Like, what am I going to be a nihilist? That's not really functional. And so yeah. I'll settle for Christianity okay. because it's pragmatically going to keep me from swallowing a bottle of pills. Okay. You and, know? and, but I would say like, also, it seems to me that one of the difference I think that you would say is that you you do believe that there is a god involved in the whole process right yeah and so would you not say that there's a god involved in the process of discipleship yes but okay. i feel like i might be losing you but keep going well no i'm just going back to a previous conversation you said that jesus doesn't mentor us the the very god that uh well i said i don't feel comfortable i and i said right. i believe god is with us and affects mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. um and leads us and guides us right but i wouldn't feel comfortable using the word mentor right. specifically about jesus because of some of the things that we said about like oh like opposite sex like oh if, if a girl had jesus right. as a mentor and um like frequency of meeting and I drive out to the church and we meet twice a week for like it, it just gets the definition of mentor gets lost in the weeds if we're also going to include God it's right. like okay Travis um, when you talk about an employer are you comfortable saying that Jesus is your employer well no oh well then you're saying that like pragmatically it's the same as if Jesus doesn't exist because wouldn't you say that Jesus provides for you and he and I'm like okay I do but like I don't have to fill out a a W-2 or like a 501c3 right. because of my relationship with Jesus. Well, right. And I, I'm not trying to get lost in definitions of, of words here. I just, I just find it funny that in, cause I don't think you can actually define exactly in the way that God is present. I, you don't think I can define yeah. the way in which God is present when. Oh, in your life. Because. Okay. So just full stop. Right. Okay. Because if you're talking about discipleship. Okay. Okay. I, I think that we do disciple and mm. what we make are disciples of ourselves, not of, not of Jesus, because again, the whole idea and portrait of Jesus has to filter through our own minds. And that's the Jesus you get. You're going to disciple people to be cessationist type of Christians. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I name a continuationist. And Correct. Do yeah. differently, right? And, and I would say the fact that one of us is that at least one of us is wrong is not evidence to the fact that there therefore is no right. Right. But the, I'm asking what is the evidence that there is the right? I'm saying... I mean, I think part of it is like you do the best that you can with what you know, as far as yeah. like, but, but that is, that's very different than saying like, 
well, even it, Jesus, even if you're not real, like it doesn't, it doesn't really affect me whether you're real or not, because pragmatically, I'm still going to wake up at 6 a.m. and make coffee and read my Bible, or I'm still going to uh, serve this homeless ministry. And so Jesus, whether you're real or not, has no standing on my, the way that I live my life. And it's like, dude, um, like the motions are not, I'm, I'm not saying that like the, you know, I, I'm not saying like embodiment and the spirit of a thing are completely divorced from each other. Right. But the ritual is not the reality. Okay. Because right. if so, then I think it's a hundred percent fine to say that yeah, Buddhists are also striving toward nirvana, and they're going to attain nirvana in the same sense that I'm going to attain heaven. And it's like somebody, there are truth claims at work here. Yeah. And so, not everybody can be right. 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 And I'm probably wrong in some things. And my prayer and my hope and the pattern of God's uh, interacting with me has been that he has steered me away from certain things. See, I, but I th again, I mean, you have to admit it's subjective. And I want to give it... Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, Travis, what if, uh, you know, the fundamentalists are right, and it wasn't actually God steering you away from teetotalism. It was your, you know, sinful desire for the demon rum or whatever. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, guess what? That just means that I'm wrong about that thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'd say that true Christians can attribute things to God that are not the explicit doing of God. Yes. Um, but I think as we get into the crux of the issue is because I've been saying for years, it's that's not the issue. The issue is, can Christians attribute what is rightly supposed to be attributed to God? And I would say you, you guys can't. Like you can't weed out like what specific things are <laughs> right. objectively, which I would say yes, because this is a thing that is of, it's it's built out of, relationships and experiences and, right, and right. intimacies yeah and so therefore trying to you know build a calculus that this defines the whole thing right is not going to be able to succeed mm. i mean i think the bible is doing as close to a job at that as as you would say sure it, but, but i think i still think that uh to say well if god is real or not does not affect me i think that that is evidence that a person's not a christian Right, you know? but but right, but like, again, if you're basing this off of experiences and what you know, like, so my argument isn't that I'm in a better place than you. What my argument is, I'm in the same place as you. You might have different beliefs, but you're 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 having the same human experience. You just happen to. I, I would say that if God is not real, right. we're in the same place. But if yeah. God is real, right, and if God is examining our hearts and right. he sees that eric is doing all this out of sheer pragmatism yeah and not out of a love for me but it's like you know well if christianity is wrong like hinduism like i'm gonna have to drive a long way to a temple and i mean not that i'm going to church but like you know or i'm gonna have to drive a long way to a synagogue or i'm gonna have to stop eating pork or whatever like if if god is real then the boats that we are in are very different boats. Yeah. Because he would say Travis is seeking, you know, in a, in a flawed and, and failing way, you know, he fails every day, but it's like Travis is seeking to uh, love me, serve me, know me out of a sense of relationship, and Eric is doing so out of a sense of sheer pragmatism. So that's why I would, I would say if God is not real, we're both in the same boat. Yeah. But if he is real, right. 
then we're definitely not in the same boat. I, and, it, I, and if it's like if I'm married to a wife who can read my mind and she knows that I'm just smiling at her and holding her hand and yeah. doing all those things to make my life easier so she doesn't nag at me, but I actually don't love her, then yeah, that that does matter. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so what I was saying is that we live in a imperfect world and that we are not perfect. Mm -hmm. That means Christians are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And that means a church will not be perfect. Now, let's look at history. Has there ever been a church in history that's been perfect? No. No. On this side of? In history. Well, they, there is a perfect, like, and I only say this because... The, Christianity the Greek... is still a perfect church. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. The Orthodox believe that right now, this moment, there is a perfect church because we are connected to the Fine. dead saints. Do you believe there's ever been a perfect church? No. Yeah. Not, not, okay. but then, okay, go okay. ahead. So, what I'm saying is, Eric, is that no, there is not a perfect church. No, like, there is some flaws to this. We're not God, we're not Jesus. Thank goodness we're not. But they're all, the only one that's perfect is Jesus. If we were perfect, we would not need Jesus. That's what they mean. It's like, you're not going to need, like, having a perfect church would be actually kind of scary. Because, and having a perfect Christian would be even scarier, or maybe the opposite. But, like, thank goodness we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness a church is not perfect. That means why if we if we were perfect, we would not go back to Jesus consistently. We would end up being like, you know why why would we need God? If we were if we're perfect, like yeah. they, you will not find a perfect church. It's like it, and this is gonna be a bad example, Eric, but you're not gonna find a perfect wife. So like why? Right. Why, why why should you go and look for a wife? Don't. Don't. Why why well, I would say that you're not gonna find a perfect friend. So why I can, make friends? So I would say like in my capacity I can actually search for a wife and find one. Oh, so you you, you would so you can try to find a perfect Well, wife. I'm saying like can you can you find me where God is? Can you can you actually define where he is and, and whatnot? So like my issue's never been about like we keep pa talking past each other, I think all of us. My issue's never been that there isn't a perfect church. My issue is we don't even know what perfect is. And that's perfect no. i think that's no no it isn't i think that's no david because then you get to define we'll see, god see, 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 see things, well what i'm see. saying is you get to define god as you want and that's exactly what has been going on in christianity for so long like even if well, like the question is what are you doing about it no david there is no doing anything about it. that's what i'm trying to tell you how did i so you just say don't try don't just don't do anything i'm just saying be honest because you're always going to be in danger of being self-deceived. You're always going to be in danger. So don't deceive yourself. So, so what? Hold on. So what I'm saying, why we're in the same boat, isn't because I looked and peered in the heavens and I saw there was no God. Again, I do believe in God. The reason I know that we're in the same boat is because I looked at your boat. You're still sinking. So then why should I? Then why should I give it? Like, Wait, how do, how do I what's know? What's the evidence that I'm sinking? Because every any time that I ask, like, can you define to me what your your experience of God is? Right. Mm -hmm. I merely have to go to your neighbor and I will get a different answer. And it's like, but you're both going to make the same but, claim. But then that's your, that's your claim that in order for my boat to not be sinking, it has to be the same as my neighbor's boat who is sinking. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So it's like, if I, I don't think the evidence of the fact that my boat is sinking is that me and someone else have a different definition of issue X. No, no, but you're right? both claiming that this God dwells in the in, in the both of you this god is affecting your minds but i don't believe that god has infallibly communicated to every single one of his people exactly what his truth is on every single issue okay i'm gonna 
I'm going to rephrase that for you because I want to make sure, because I know this is not what you meant. Mm -hmm. It's not that God didn't infallibly. It's that we haven't received it infallibly, right? Because God, um, God doesn't... Sure. I, I think, like, I honestly think that the way I said it is more accurate, but it's like, I, I would say that the purpose of the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the purpose that the Holy Spirit is currently enacting toward believers is not that every single Christian would have crystal clear, uh, flawless doctrine on every issue. Okay, let me stop you there. Does the Bible have crystal clear, flawless doctrine? Um, I, I think that's a complicated uh, question. I, I don't think I could say yes because of the fact that we don't have the original manuscripts, because of the fact that, um, you know, it's like, I, I think that what Christ or what the Holy Spirit has preserved for his people is adequate to lead us to salvation and toward um, the knowledge that we need. Which, which, which would be what? I mean, the knowledge of how to structure a church, the knowledge of how to love our wives and our neighbors and how to serve the poor and how to pray and how to, um, mm. you know, just choose our career path and all those sorts of things. Okay, well, hold on. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I just, so when I tell you this, this is not a new assumption, but there are people that I talk to in my life that they think that I think that I'm talking to a Christian, but I don't assume that when I talk to you, I'm talking to a brother in Christ. And right. that's, that's not something new. Yeah, but, and, and, but you see, the reason that doesn't weigh heavily on me is because I think you have a subjective view on what a brother Wait, of Christ it, is. And it's because it doesn't matter to you if Christ is real. It's not, oh, no, no, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's that I'm past the emotional trauma of that. And I'm, I'm reserved. It, of whether or not Christ is real? Yes, because whether or not I'm still committed to the philosophy, like that's just how committed I am. I'm not going to abandon the philosophy if Christ, it's not going to be dependent on that because talking to my brothers and sisters in Christ it doesn't seem like anybody's really got a real grasp of who Christ is, uh, who God is. If, if by real you mean perfect, then no, yeah, sure. It's It doesn't have to be perfect in the sense that it's every facet of Christ is known. It has to be perfect in that the knowledge that you're, you're supposing God wants you to have is complete, is accessible complete, forever. Complete, no. I, I don't mean complete in that it, it expands all eternity. It can't, obviously, right? We can't put a form to God because he's eternal. But I mean, if you use these words, perfect, complete, it's like, dude, you know that I'm not making a claim to those sorts of things. Right. And, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the evidence. Sufficient. Travis, your sufficiency is not going to line up with someone else's sufficiency. Like you have to understand, sure. right? So, so someone is wrong. Yeah, but you don't have evidence that you're the one who's right. So okay. that's what I'm saying. So like, what's more reasonable for me to assume that someone's wrong and that I know who the wrong and the right is. Or maybe, because both, and this is where I, I see the same boat, right? Mm -hmm. Both of you cannot produce any evidence outside yourselves. By which you mean supernatural evidence. Sure. Because, okay. I mean, you're... Go, you're okay, continue. Right? So it's like supernatural evidence that you are right. And I don't even want to say you producing it. Where Correct. God is taking it producing upon himself. Producing it and as an evidence that I and yeah. my theology are right. Okay, right. So it would be more reasonable then that both of you are wrong. If God is not willing to throw in the the gauntlet, for instance, for one of you, then you're both wrong. Yeah, and if if you think that supernatural confirmation 
con confirming signs are necessarily the prerequisite for being able to say that one idea is uh, true where another is not true, then it's like, you okay, sure, I, I don't believe that. You don't believe that. I don't believe that in every single case of every person trying to work out every issue. But you believe that that's what the New Testament and I believe the Old that, Testament I, Sure, is. I believe that for the resurrection. I believe that for the ministry of the apostles. I believe that, but I don't, I don't think that that's how I, that's how my faith will be confirmed, is that there will be supernatural manifestations of power that show up to, to whisper into my ear, hey, Travis, you got it right. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're one of the real ones. Right, but and, and but I'm saying that that doesn't put you on another boat than everybody else. You're having to use your human capacity. It it to... does put me on another boat. I would say like if okay, I mean it, like yeah. it might be a boat with the same hull structure or whatever, <laughs> like however you want to you know uh, stretch that metaphor. Right. But it's like okay, the fact that the hull structures of all of these boats uh, are the same does not mean that all of them are necessarily sinking boats or not really boats or however you want to, um, you know, define that. It's like, to me, it sounds like someone saying like, well, Travis, you can't really love your wife because you haven't sequenced her entire genome. And until you absolutely know everything about her, how can you even know, like, I mean, Travis, do you even know that she's not a robot? Like, how can you know that your love of her is a real, it's like, dude, um, I, I think that this is the type of speech that comes out of, uh, getting like living in your head all day and not actually going out there and loving your wife, you know. The 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 idea of loving your wife and and comparing it to your relationship with God, you understand, falls short. Of course, right. So, so also the boats and also every yes. analogy because God is infinite. Sure, right. But the the thing is, you know, you have a wife. I know you have a wife. You Are you I, sure? Yes. You're sure? I'm sure that... You're sure oh. that it, this is not some elaborate okay. prank right. that Nicole and I are... Like, we're actually not Christians, and so we're fine living together. And this whole thing is just to convince you that we're truly married, when in reality we're not. Right. Or it's a whole, it's a prank on her part and right. your part to pretend that she's really my wife, yeah. when in reality she's not married to me. The courthouse is in on it. Yeah. Pastor Chris is in on it. Like, the, you know, my family's in on it. Yeah. I, and I, I say that's, that's all fair. That's all okay. fair. But who you claim your wife is, Okay. I would also claim is your wife. Oh, no. Yes. No. And, and, and I, would say, I would say that that difference would come in if we have a conversation and we say like, oh, I think she would like this movie. Oh, I don't think she would like no, this no, movie. No, 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 no. I'm okay? not saying that. I'm but not it, saying guess that. guess what? It's like, guess what? Uh, well, Travis, you claim that God is spirit and that God is a trinity and that God is uh, loving and patient and kind. Oh, but then over here where it looks like you and your pastor disagree on whether God speaks audibly today, huh? you're wrong, and therefore you must not know who God is. And it's uh, the same as saying, like, Travis, you know, because we disagree, and I get that this is where it's like, okay, well, we could go ask Nicole, and you talked about that a couple weeks ago, we can't ask, we can't just go ask God and have him, okay. you know, confirm to us. But it's like, this is, um, this is the sort of hole you find yourself in when you refuse to serve because you don't have a perfect theory of mind yet. It's not, it has nothing to do with perfect. It really has nothing to do with that. I was serving without a perfect theory in mind. What I kept seeing were holes, like okay. the illusion of... And like I said, I don't care that you're not at our church. 
But it has nothing to do with your church. You think that your church is somehow special in like either it's flaws? I'm specifically saying that because I know that my church is flawed. Right, but I'm saying every church. You've got to plug into some imperfect church. You've got to plug into some, like, okay, you can go your, okay, you really can go your whole rest of your life and not get married. You know, and that's not disobedience, you know, depending, you know, but it's like, that's not disobedience. You really can do that. You really can say, well, she has man hands, and so I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I can't date this woman. And then you really can just go the whole rest of your life and never get married and never have kids and yeah. never experience that fulfillment, and it won't be sin, yeah. right? But you can't do that with the church. You can refuse to join CCC, and you can refute, well, I think the Catholics have it wrong, and I think the, you know, Methodists have it wrong, and I, okay. But then it's like, you cannot not serve a local church and be living in alignment with the scriptures well but i'm saying nobody's living in perfect alignment with the scriptures. okay nobody's perfect travis so therefore just because i'm cheating on my wife i but mean that hey, was that was you... your argument <laughs> like i'm using your argument against that's El- why elaborate on that because i because wholeheartedly think you're wrong on that you you don't think that i have a good claim on saying that oh i don't see evidence for god because there isn't a perfect church right so there's a lack of perfection slow that down don't, I don't think that you don't have, like... You you do not agree with my claim, right, that mm-hmm. we, at the very least, we're not, nobody has real access to God. Because I'm saying that... If, if by real you mean complete, then sure. Okay. Like perfect, complete, whole knowledge of the right. infinite, okay. which means I have but, an infinite brain. But what I'm saying is you defend that with no church is perfect. Okay. Nobody's perfect, right? And now you're... Now I'm saying, well, because nobody's perfect, I even forgot what I was saying, but I, it's like... I'm sure you did. Yeah, but it's like you were using, you were just using that argument to defend your position, and then you're also saying like, oh, well, you can't say that nobody's perfect. It's just like... No, 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 no. I think it's fine for you to say none of these individuals, none of them have perfect theology, none of them have a perfect, complete understanding of every aspect of the truth of who God is, right? right? Okay, and duh, it's like, it's almost like that's so... Like, of course, that why would you even bother saying something like that? Yeah. Okay? So I'm fine with with saying that nobody's knowledge of God is perfect. My own knowledge of God is imperfect. There are probably things that I'm wrong about. But I also believe that one day, because God is a real person, Mm. I will find out. I will be told where I was wrong. Right. You know? Okay. I, I don't think that you're you're being like the standards that you're using here, I, and and I, I it's all of us, but I I see as is as biased because these are arguments that I would be using against Muslims, Hindus is 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 the fact lack that lack of subjective experience, not lack of subjective. You guys okay. have plenty of subjective experience. It's that you have lack of obje- or, objective experience. Okay. So what I'm saying is that look, I cannot experience. No, with, I I think uh, I think there's a. a technical difference here where we talk about like falsifiability where Uh i would say that the scripture um i forget who i heard this from but it's like the scripture is not falsifiable it's also not confirmable to the nth degree like Mm -hmm. the presidency of uh of george washington is not a falsifiable claim right right there's no way that you can say i know with 100 percent certitude that george washington was never let's say, a real person. He was certainly never the first president of the United States, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there's like, okay, can I prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt? Or maybe all that stuff in Washington, D.C. is just an elaborate prank being played on me and, you know, the Bill of Rights is all fake and they're all doing it just to prank me, okay? So I, can, I can't falsify it. I also cannot 
completely with certitude perfectly or uh -huh. what, what was the other word like perfectly completely, completely yeah um prove it okay right. so it's like there is a there is a spectrum here and I, yeah. I i acknowledge the subjectivity of that so it's like if that's the case then i can look at the the quran and like that thing's falsifiable uh-huh you know yeah um they there are specific claims about like the moon being cut in half like muhammad was it muhammad goes to the moon and he stands on the moon and he like it, it, he splits it in it, half yeah. with yeah and it's like okay that's a falsifiable claim isn't it also falsifiable to say that the sun stood still for more than 24 hours i mean because there would be evidence to that and we would say it's a miracle and it what would the evidence be that the earth would have been scorched like it, it like life would have ended if the sun stood still, life like, would have ended. Yeah, like when the when Joshua prayed that the sun would not go down. Yeah, and people talk. Oh, like what about the Coriolis effect and like all the winds? Yeah. It's like if the Earth is staying in the same position, then all the all the wind would be moving. And it's like, yeah. okay, you don't think that the God who could control the mass of the Earth could also control every air yes. particle? Yes, yes, right? and that's what I would say. That's what the Muslims would say. Like about the moon. Yes. No, because, they would they would say that there are signs that the moon has been cut in half. Even if they said that, right, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. They could, they okay. could be wrong they could about play the claim. Certain gymnastics, okay. Well, but whatever. like Christians try to make apologetic claims and we would say, uh, oh, that's not really a good argument or whatever. Right. Okay. So so the thing that's is fair. Right, I'm not I'm not saying that you have to convince non Christians, right? Or you have to share the same experience mm -hmm. with non Christians. That doesn't make sense to me. That I'm not saying that. But the fact that Christians don't share the same experience, mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. You guys... That we, not all Christians have a perfectly corroboratable yeah, and, and account I, and, and of I, every point of theology. Right, but I'm, okay. I wouldn't even sure. say that that's even... If that's your standard. <laughs> if we're commanded to be of one mind, to have one faith, I mean, how, how do you break that down that isn't going to be subjective? Like, again, you're going to say, if you have that standard, show me where your standard is is found founded on, is, on the is scriptures. Is Peter a Christian? Is Peter a Christian? Or was Peter a Christian? Yeah. Was Paul a Christian? Yeah. Did they have contention and disagreement with each other? Uh, not sustained. You know that's you, true. Like, like the you reason... know that it was not sustained? Oh, absolutely. You know that there... I mean, we can talk about sitting at the Gentile table. You oh, know okay. that there's nothing... I, that's what I thought about, you were talking about. I mean, about. that is that's a thing. Okay, but so... But it's what, like, what, you know what, that there's nothing that they would have disagreed on, like, at the point of their deaths... Travis, if that's the case, man, you're lending into the theory that there were several branches of Christianity. I don't think that helps you at all. Like, why Why would you argue that? They, but I'm not talking about, like, doctrinal essentials. <laughs> it's like if, if one person says, oh, we should prioritize the mission field of Asia Minor, and the other person says, oh, we should go to Thessalonica. Like... Uh, okay, so Paul and Barnabas. Okay. Yeah. So would you say that they were, therefore, not of one mind, and therefore at least one of them is not a true Christian? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that one of them is not a true Christian because, again, that one that one instance was a sin. It was not Christian of them to behave that way, but I I do think that there was reconciliation because then he talks about. Do you believe Christians can attain sinless perfection? No. Okay. No, but what I, what I would say is so. That, even until the point of death, yeah. there will be sins. Oh yeah, that's not my problem. Okay. My problem is that if you're trying to disciple someone and say this is what you should be attaining to, it's uh -huh. going to be different. You understand that, therefore, your disciples are going to look different. Therefore, you're saying, I mean, we're talking about theology, and it's like you don't even, like, it changes who your perception of God is. And this isn't, again, going outside of the religion. This is in line, like, and it's and it's not even, like, close to how divide, like, why would Christianity, why, if this is the one true faith, go the same route as 
every other philosophy in the world, which is, is to give time and there will be schisms and divisions and they will be backfighting. And they'll be like, oh, you're not really a Christian because this is how the traditions of the father. No, you guys don't know the traditions of the father. This is how it's been going on for almost 2000 yeah, years. If your standard for whether or not Christianity is true is every single person who claims to be a Christian has to line up perfectly on every point of doctrine, then it's like, okay, cool, man. Like, we're, we're not... That, that I'm going to argue that that is what you are commanded to do. And that's why I'm saying you can go to church. You can have the structure. You can have the community. But if you are not of one mind, you are sinning. And the fact of the matter is, is that you know you go to a church where they teach false doctrine, and yes. you're okay with that. You know what, you go to... Okay, what oh, church am I going to go to? I'm not, okay, okay, keep, not, keep, keep going. But well, I, I was going to say, you know that you've been, been prayed... In your service, people have prayed that God would teach them what they're supposed to learn from the word, right? Because mm -hmm. that's uh, that's in line with Jesus' nature. And I'm like, I'm totally there with you. And then it didn't happen. And I'm only saying that because I asked you about it one time. And you said you didn't believe it happened because it went against your theology. And I, that's like, I don't believe that it did I, happen. I'm missing this specific thing. Uh, because Pastor <laughs> Greg started teaching about spiritual gifts. Because that's okay. that was the text that he was in, and I was like, and I remember thinking this. So I was like, oh man, I wonder what Travis might think about it. But what what got me more uh, in thought was not just that. Oh, I just want to hear his thoughts because I know like he didn't like it. But it was the fact that Matt Chandler, not Matt Chandler, Mike Chandler, <laughs> got up and prayed that just like every service in almost every church, God, you know, your spirit, we are welcoming your spirit. Please teach us what we're supposed to in the scriptures. You think that was a false doctrine that was taught? I I. I'd say that's an error. So yeah, yeah. sure, it's it's false. But, but and I would say that, and I would it. say that in that sense, God did not affirm. God did not, with affirmation, answer that prayer. Uh -huh. Which there's tons of things that I've prayed that God has not answered with affirmation. Right. Okay. Keep going. Th this isn't like a personal. Oh, I want a Ferrari thing. Uh -huh. This is so that nobody's believing you. You. I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you when you're talking about there being harm with continuationism. And you know how bad it can get. And it's like, there's no reason for God not to answer that. There's no reason. And even if there is this reason, it's like, why you, you would it be... You don't think that sin hindering, um, you know, God's... You, you, you don't think that, uh, what is it? Like, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear and answer my prayers. So You don't it, think is, that is, that has anything to do with it? I would not make that claim about Mike or, or Greg or whatever. I'm not saying, like grievous what like oh they're cheating on their wives or whatever but i'm saying like okay there's there's sinful assumptions there's erroneous assumptions being made about you know the word travis that's like an out but it's not an out that we know right it's like maybe and and we would have to like investigate that which i wish you would like i wish you would do <laughs> i really would it's like see what happens because i, I tell you it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty but it's like the I don't want to make that assumption about someone because, again, like that's me putting myself on a pedestal and that they are, are sinning. And it's like if I prayed that prayer, somehow it get answered. It's like this may not be that there's no God. or anything. Again, I believe in God. It might be what I was saying before in a previous podcast where it's judgment because I feel like that's what a God who judges people does. I think but, that's legitimate. But it's like but that's, that's not what you guys believe is actually going on. You think it's a far more rosy picture. And I'm like. It's not. I don't think that judgment and I like I think judgment can mean discipline and it right, can right, mean right, condemnation. Right. Yes. And obviously if it's like the candlestick has been removed, you've been judged and and you're, you know, daughters of Jezebel, 
then it's like, okay, that's a lot different right, than right. God saying, look, in my judgment, in my discernment, in my estimation, like I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, punish you yeah. in this sense. Yeah. And okay, well, who does God punish? Mm -hmm. Who does God chasten? Mm -hmm. His children. Okay. So like, I'm, again, I'm not like, I, my standard for whether or not there is a legitimate Christianity is not that everyone who claims to be a Christian matches up on every point of doctrine. Even my standard for being willing to attend a church is not that I line up with them on every point of doctrine mm -hmm. because I think that there are non-essentials and, you know, we need to have uh, charity in all things, you know, and, and especially in, like, what, essential in essentials, uh, clarity, is it? Mm -hmm. In non-essentials... Uh, charity? No, no, no. no. It's uh, liber liberty. Liberty, yeah. And then everything so, else, charity. Yeah, so... Yes. Um, I think there's a there's a sense in which I'm saying to the to my church, you are imperfect, I am imperfect, and uh, even though I disagree with you, even on some pretty strong things, mm -hmm. there's nothing that would hinder me from being able to work alongside of you for the relief of the poor and the the discipling of of children and new converts and and the spreading of the gospel. Um, like I I am willing to work alongside of imperfect people and people that I disagree with, and not say that. Therefore, because I don't agree with them on this point of doctrine, they're fake, they're illegitimate, they're demonically uh, possessed. And would you say that that is also subjective? In a sense, yeah. Okay. But it's like, uh, so is my sense of the fact that I'm sitting in a chair right now. Uh, yeah. But, okay, but we have a shared reality, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, because those are trying to get with Nicole is like, yeah, I don't, I don't know Nicole the way you do, but if I had to pick her out in a crowd... Mm -hmm. we would we would point at the same person yeah and i think that our uh knowledge of her informs the our familiarity with her yeah and there are some people that it's like look i don't know what you're claiming to be familiar with but the fact that you're saying that it's not a trinity or that jesus is a created being or what like you're not talking about the same jehovah you know or, or jewish people who would refuse to acknowledge the messianic status of christ right. it's like or, or Muslims who would say, oh, we truly worship the God of Abraham. And it's like, dude, I don't know who you're calling Nicole out there in that crowd, but it's not my wife. Okay, and so you know? how does a neutral, someone wanting to know the real Nicole, how do they figure that out? Um, well, I would say the best way is through God's self-revelation, which would be the scripture. Okay, um, okay. like I don't disagree, but like I just want to know how honestly you're dealing with when scripture and experience don't align? Uh, I'd say that I'm misapprehending the things that I'm claiming to have experienced. You know? But, like, here, here's the thing is I don't have these PTSD... Uh, and, and I was open to continuationism at a point, but I don't have these PTSD experiences of, like, oh, God's... Like, the veracity of the gospel hinges on the fact that I think that God told me that I'm supposed to marry this girl or that I'm supposed to, you know, move to this area mm -hmm. and, you know, minister in this area or do this thing with my life, like, and then it fell through. And so I get that, like, but dude, if, if you're going to acknowledge that that's PTSD, like, trauma, yeah. and and still, like, hinge your worldview on something that uh, is connected to that, like, I think that's kind of perilous. That's like someone saying, like, I know I came back from war and I have PTSD, but I still think that my fear of fireworks is completely justified or whatever. Well, I would say that it hasn't necessarily changed my worldview because I still, again, I still believe in a creator God. And I still think that the uh, 
principles of Christianity is is still really good. The problem is like so you're a deist and you're a practical like pragmatically you're a Christian right. so kind of like a Thomas Jefferson style. Yeah, I mean I, I think that that's fair that that's that's where I'm at right now. But it's like uh, there is specific things that Scripture talks about and there are descriptives when it comes to the relationship of God and it's like how can you claim to have the same relationship? If it, you're not having the same experience, that that to me like the same relationship or a relationship with the same person. Um, I would I would say same relationship because it's okay. like I don't think there's a, not every like not everybody has the same relationship with Nicole. Right, but but okay, but it, is my like, relationship with God and Paul's and David's and uh, Adam's relationship with God going to be identical? Uh in the way he relates to you, yes, but in not in your not you. in your experience. So yes, because he would he would treat you as a son, right? So he would relate to me audibly if I was David. Yeah, but not audibly if I'm me. But you would say he should be relating audibly to me in the same way that he related audibly to David. Or you should at least know somebody, <laughs> but you don't know anybody. Sure, who's and audibly. if that's one of your criteria. That is a biblical criteria. To, like, to audibly this. hear the voice of God is a criteria for legitimately being a believer? If you want to think about, about it more federally, like there should be a representative that's hearing from God. If you want to think about like the way that was going on in the New Testament where the Spirit is going on everybody, it didn't matter who, then yes. The, the problem with, with me is like I get why you're a cessationist, but it has nothing to do with Scripture. It has to do with that you're trying to keep yourself away from finding out just how chaotic and confusing and terrible it is when you try to no i would not say that it has nothing to do with scripture i mean i i we could do a podcast on it but i'm, I'm telling you man like i'm not a cessationist because of scripture i would if it was there it would make things so much simpler but it's just it's not there it makes no you sense. you know i mean that I, I'm, i've talked to you about this before i cannot make a argument from scripture that exactly the 66 books that we have in Scripture are exactly what yeah. we should have in Scripture. Yeah. There's no table of contents. Right, right. I mean, in our Bibles there are, but like, in, <laughs> it's yeah. not like God handed down a list of the books and it was like, oh, the shorter Jeremiah or the longer Jeremiah or whatever. Like, there's none of that, okay? So I cannot find an argument from it specifically in the Scripture. Yeah. But I don't think that's the only way to have a legitimate argument. Oh, but, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're on the same boat there because... I, I'm a cessationist because of experience and observation. And I think I think if you're going to say that, then all right, we're on the same page. But I'd say I'm a cessationist because of um, mm. I, I would say it's tied to scripture. I would also okay. say it's uh, logic, and I would also say it's an understanding of church history. And I need to understand that logic, my application of logic, and different accounts of church history, like these are not um, sure. In right. the same way that the scripture is sure. Yeah. Okay. Keep yeah. going. Well, well, I was I was gonna say like I I yeah researching church history and um, observation and and I think being logical, being reasonable about your observations and stuff like that. Like I think there then there is overlap in why you and I are cessationists, but uh, that has nothing to do with uh, what I see God when we're talking about scripture. That's how he communicates, right? Or has communicated. I don't see anything there communicated that that is what he wants for his church what the the ceasing of the gifts okay but because you get this when you don't have that you get this and mm -hmm. this is inferior to that you can't you can't yeah. deny that yeah so it's like what 
I'd say I'd say there is a sense in which it's inferior. I mean, I would also say, hey, awesome that we have the scripture and they didn't have the the you know completed New Testament. But I would say just like uh, in the same sense that and, and I know I feel like I know how you're going to respond to this, but like I think that's totally legitimate to respond in the way that I'm anticipating. Um, I think that it was possible. Hang on, I gotta think of how I'm gonna uh, okay. phrase this. Okay. There are people who were true followers of Yahweh mm. in the year 100 BC. Right, right. Okay? Mm -hmm. It had been 300 years since there had been any word given to any prophet. Right, right, right. And they didn't know this, but it was going to be another 100 years. Yeah. And Israel had fallen. Mm -hmm. It had fallen to Babylon. They were kind of, you know, a, a puppet state of Persia for mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. Uh, and then the Greeks take over the Persians. And then the Romans take over the Greeks. And it's like, you know... Travis Traviculus or whatever you know your name is in in 100 BC. Yeah. I, Ericulus, whatever, <laughs> yeah. and telling you that like, I'm following this Judaism thing because pragmatically it's the best way to to live, but it doesn't affect my life if Yahweh is real or not. I mean, mm. here's the thing, Trav, whatever you know. Uh, if if God was real, why would He have let us fall to Babylon? Why would He have let Babylon fall to Persia and then to Greece and then to Rome? And it's like Israel has no continuity. We have no autonomy. And if God's covenant with Israel was true and everlasting, you know, my current uh, assessment of the world and understanding of the world can't account for this narrative, and therefore, I think the whole thing is moot. Yeah. And now we can look back on that guy and say, okay, it, it is a bummer that he had to be born into this time period when there was no yeah. uh, revelation, where there was no prophetic vision where there was you know the the messiah would not come until after he's dead and malachi had finished prophesying before he was born it, it is a bummer that he had to be born into that place but the uh seemingly dismal nature of israel and now we would say the church uh seemingly be a, being abandoned by god and allowing them to be the whipping boy of every gentile empire uh yeah that is, that is a huge bummer but even though he was born into that era, it would have still behooven him or whatever behooved right. him uh, to have to have kept the faith and to to have mm -hmm. striven for um, as much intimacy as he could have with Yahweh in that part in that moment. Right. You know, he should be singing the psalms. He should be attending synagogue. Mm -hmm. He should be helping the poor. He should be loving his wife. Mm -hmm. You know, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, I think that's a possibility. I think that's a fair point. It's something that I have uh, wrestled with as well. Uh, but the, the, the only issue there is if God, because he did remove that Israel. You know, you know what I mean? That context, he removed it. He destroyed the temple. Mm -hmm. He almost wiped everybody out, right? And it's like, um, if the system is broken, mm -hmm. as you see in, in, in Judaism, and in the current church, to a degree, yeah. Right, but yeah. I would say, like, isn't there a danger of being tied to that system, though? Like, what would what would prevent you being swept away? Okay, if if by the system you mean like institutionalized, yeah. whatever, yeah, then like sure. But and and I think that the best example of that is the Roman Catholic Church. Oh well, hey, we're the people who are, or even the Orthodox Church. Hey, right. we're the true Israel. We're the ones that God made the covenant with. We have the fancy you know, building with the altar and the laver outside. Yeah. And so therefore, like, hey, you have to pay homage to us because yeah. we're the true church. Yeah. We're the true Israel. Yeah. And in reality, it's like, who's the true Israel? The true Israel are those who are 
uh, reading Torah, they're, you know, reading the Tanakh, they're singing the Psalms, they're seeking to love and discipline their children in the wisdom of Proverbs, like that, that's how you identify a true Israelite, not, oh, this person gives a verbal assent to some exterior institution. And I would say that uh, um, the Roman Catholic Church is the example of that in, in our society, mm. not the concept of the local church as such. And you can say that. You, you I feel like, would make the same claim about specifically my church or okay. the Methodist church as a whole or whatever. But it's like, that doesn't mean that there exists no local community for you to plug into. And man, I would say it, it almost becomes your mission in life to hunt down that community. Go to the Plymouth Brethren or the Amish or, or the Mennonites or whatever, um, and, or and then you know when you become disenfranchised with them, go to the Lutherans or whatever the next step becomes. But it, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but it's like you know go to all these different places. But it's like man, it, it's almost like it becomes your mission to find the real disciples and to to right. join in with them and to like you said to be of one mind with them. Right. Well, I if I could find it. I would sell everything I have and, and go there. And move to Pennsylvania? Wherever it is. But I... I Are you willing just, to take a trip? Tra the thing is, like, nowadays I don't have to travel to understand what that church is or observe them. You know that through mm -hmm. technology. So I've been able to do a lot of that uh, searching. Who do you think is the closest? I think it's somewhere in the Anabaptist, but it's it's like the same same deal. And it's just like, for me, it's just like... We're, Why not the Mennonite church? Why not the Mennonite Is church? it because of the lack of apostolic secession? Yeah, I mean... Because I think that's the temple argument that not, we were making not, not about the Not the lack guy. of apostolic secession. It's just the lack of the presence of God. The, what, what Paul would call the appearance of the Holy Spirit. Quakers? No, no. They, no? They were... They're like Anabaptists with tongues. Exactly. Uh, I, but, I, <laughs> but that's that's what you just said. It's like, I I'd just, go to the Anabaptists if it wasn't for the fact that no, they but had that, no you don't. I don't believe that those are genuine appearings of the, of the spirit i've heard so you, many people speak in you tongues should at least no you haven't heard quakers speak in tongues <laughs> travis i'm telling you man if there is a place and i'm not saying there never will be but if there is a place like that it won't be long before you hear about them it won't be long before you see it and it's going to be pretty undeniable um and i believe that because if i believe the new testament actually happened then i do believe that it was undeniable but again the fact that I'm not seeing it, like, it's just either maybe my thoughts on God were wrong or maybe we are under judgment. Mm -hmm. And I don't see any added peril not being part of a local church because the local church still functions in a broken system. And it might just its very existence might be doing things that is pissing God off. And it's like. That's what I'm trying to say. Like your church is not unique in that God didn't answer that prayer. I I was going to Armenian churches where they mm -hmm. were praying that. Mm -hmm. We went to Armenian colleges. I don't know about you, but in class they would pray that God would enlighten us and all this stuff, and it never happened because mm. because we were still Armenian. <laughs> because they are. So... Well, God did enlighten us. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but what I'm saying is like it's it, like even learning how to preach and also it's just so natural, man. It, there's nothing. It's like for me the illusion grander stuff. I go to church. And yeah, I can hear people <clears throat> sing and I can see the community and everything. But as, as far as God speaking, it's so silent I can hear an ant fart. That's, and that troubles me. I think the expectation of grandeur or of You're, uh, okay, of, of supernatural manifestations right. is what is and always has been the thing that's tripping you up. Right, but... There's an ordinary obedience that glorifies oh, God. Yes, look, dude, I, but I'm not against that. 
I'm not against my I pragmatism. Mean, apparently you are. <laughs> no, my pragmatism does that. If you're saying like because my faith isn't well, look, I have to like you said, it's part of the Christian experience. You're gonna have to question things, and I'm gonna be so honest that I'm willing to put God, quote unquote, uh, as much as you can, on the chopping block. And it's not because I want to um, insult him or anything like that, but I have the faith that if he's real, it proves itself. If the scriptures are real, they prove themselves. Like I don't. It's have like to... you put them up there as an act of faith. Yes. Yeah. I, it, so like a lot of people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't test God," and it's like, "Look, if if Jesus was performing miracles in front of like like with the the loaves and the fish, mm. and then I go asking for a sign from heaven, yeah, I deserve condemnation. I mm. deserve a rebuke. But I mm. am part of a generation that for at least a millennia, if not longer. Mm. There hasn't been anything like that. There's more questions or answers. I have done the experience that you guys are talking about. I'm like, and I came out of it like, like I just survived a hurricane or something. Okay. There's the something experience of, of doing church, going to church every Sunday, getting plugged uh, in, yeah, going yeah. to your pastors and, and all that discipling stuff. Discipling people? Uh, I would say to some extent I was discipling people was being part of a, a life group. And it's not like That's I, the Great Commission. You know, I, that's it's the not main, like, That's the main... Right, I, but I don't, it's like I don't, dis, it's not like I dislike it or I'm I'm trying to get on to you for doing it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, what I'm just saying is, why can't we be honest? Why can't we be honest? There's something wrong. We don't always know if God is there. You, like you said, yeah, here's our 66 canon. We don't necessarily know it's 66 books. We don't, there are discrepancies in the Gospels. And I would say even contradictions, that doesn't mean that there was something, you know, evil behind it. But like, just be honest because if you have, like you said, the wrong expectations, luckily for me, I'm not, I don't know what I attribute to. I haven't abandoned Christianity, mm. you know? Haven't you? I would say in, in your perspective, you would say in a way Well, I remember have. what I said. It's like, we're only in the same boat if God isn't real. Uh, if God is real, we're definitely not in the same boat. Okay. Like, but, I'm not in the same boat as someone who says, eh, like, it doesn't really matter if God's real or not. I'm still going to keep going through these motions right, because right, right. It, it makes my life uh as complete as a life can be right so it's like i would say that there is a sense in which functionally you've abandoned the faith and that's like okay. i mean I, well, uh, unfortunately I, just... I can't i can't i don't feel like i can think of you as though i'm thinking of a brother that's, that's and that's that's fine what i just want to know is like the reason or i can't let's say i can't engage you in conversation as though i'm talking to a christian right. maybe you are in which yeah. case you know what i believe about that Right. And I and I and I would say that that's that's exactly why I'm not mm -hmm. too worried because it's like there are plenty of people you think they are and they aren't, they aren't and they are. Yeah. So for me, and it's there's just... a sense in which I like I appreciate the willingness to be honest with your doubts. Well, I yeah but... I, I I would say this. I'm not trying to hide it uh, because I think part of the process is talking to other people. Um, so like I appreciate that you know I may disagree with you, but at least I know where you stand. And it's like I can bounce off that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but for me, the reason I'm like, what I said about whether there's a God or not is because I genuinely question it. And it's not that I've come to the conclusion that this God isn't real. Mm. It's like, I don't know. And so it's like, but that's not going to hinder whether or not I'm going to follow Christianity. Mm. I do believe in a God no matter what. <laughs> I would hope, I would hope. Uh, that it's the one I'm reading in the Bible, but I cannot um, get anywhere as far as trying to figure out why there are these discrepancies, both experience ex with experience when it comes to not just my experience, but other people and, and their observation of what they say. It's like, 
look, that's cool. And we're all trying to be peaceful about it, but we're, we disagree and they may not seem always essential, but they have like implications, Mm. you know? And it's like, um, if someone believes in the Trinity, but they also believe that gay marriage is okay, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't like. I'm not going to hold on to the fact. Okay, you believe in the Trinity, but yeah. let's say you got marriage right, and yet you're like, I don't think the the idea of the Trinity makes sense to me, and I I don't view him that way. I would not be like, oh, automatically you're not a Christian because I think one of the mistakes that we did, Christians have done, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like on purpose. We we had to defend who we thought God was, mm-hmm. but it, you, you try to put eternity in a form. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that any of it makes sense. And I don't think it's supposed to, but like, that's just where I'm at. And I, I just don't think that, you know, going back to the original discussion with joy, it's like, it's hard for me to believe the claim that, you know, God says in Isaiah, I carry you. I will be there to, to, to your old age and your gray hairs and everything like that. When it's like, yeah, uh, it could have been about marriage. It could have been about. Why do, why do my pastors believe something that I think is very dangerous? Am I the one who believes in something? What's going to keep me from being like them? And there was mm-hmm. just, you know, absolute silence. silence. Yeah. And it's like... Have you watched that movie yet? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was troubling. And um, it was good and bad. Uh, did you finish? Cause yeah, I know you, yeah, I finished it. I, I don't we know can talk you about it after. Yeah. But um, I... But I find a joy in the fact that there is a God and that there is, and I have, I use scripture to define these things for me, what love is and what life is. I think it's just, man, it's got such a touch on reality. That's what made me believe in the first place. Mm. Now, that might, that really might be that, that, that thing there that's like, yeah, this is real because like, how could it, how could it not be and be so accurate to reality? But it's like, there are still a lot of things that are happening or haven't happened and it's it's just like that just it seems like the bible's trying to make a claim and it's falling short on that claim and that could be a plethora of reasons Mm. it could be but i just want to be honest about it Mm. because if i saw someone else's philosophy or religion and the same thing there that's exactly what i would be going to Mm. you know like how how could how how, are you sure about stuff? so like that's just that's where i'm at and and struggling with joy um, I have a joy, I have a contentment, but like I am bothered because I want to make sure God's a part of it. But it's like I can't do that realistically um, right now, and I don't see in the foreseeable future unless He does something. So it's kind of like I'm waiting for Him yeah. to do something. And I, I don't. And know. I would say in the same way, I'd say He has to be the one to engender faith in you. Right. Yeah. I, you know. I I think. Uh, but it, this yeah. is like. Uh, you know, if you go into a marriage with yeah. a certain expectation of what it's supposed to feel like and yeah. what it's supposed to be like, and then you find yourself uh, disenfranchised five years later, ten years later, it's like, okay, well, there's the possibility that you were right in what yeah. the promises were and it didn't deliver on those things, or there's a sense in which you might have misinterpreted what it was that you were supposed to be expecting going in. Right. So, I, 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 I agree. That's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out. It's just... I'm taking it seriously, and I'm not just trying to go off of my own experience. I've had my experience. That's what started the um, questions. But I've looked at other people's experience. I've looked at, at, you know, I've observed your life. I've observed uh, other 
I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. but just other people. And it's not like you guys have a bad life or anything like that. But what I'm specifically looking for is like, wow, there's that connection to a divine being. Mm. It's like, no, it, it seems it seems ridiculously invisible. Like it doesn't mm. need to be this invisible. Okay. I think to the detriment of Christians, it's this, it's this invisible. But who knows? Like, it's possible. Is, is there a possibility that yeah. that's the way it's supposed to be? It's supposed to be like the normal life and you don't. Like you never, is there po- yeah. There's definitely like I never slap somebody upside the head and cure their cancer. Right. And yeah. I never like mm-hmm. predict the future or whatever. Okay. So if it is, if that is the way it's supposed to be, yeah. Do you think it's possible that I have it right? Yeah, I think. Well, I think that what you just described is what you believe, right? Correct. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm yeah. saying all other things. Like, let's all say that things. let's say that the uh, cessationism that you're wrong about only the cessationist thing. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that I have? the christian life right and that i'm right about everything well i don't know about everything but <laughs> I, th- I think that in a general sense yeah you've got it down okay um and i might even come to that conclusion but I, i'm just i'm not there right now and like i said some, something dramatic is gonna have to happen um to get there uh mm. Like I said, for me, it's it's experience. Like you'd have to get in a car accident on the way home, or like you'd have to. No, I hope not. Uh, or like you'd have to get, uh, like, a really jarring dream. Do you think that would be enough, or do you think it would have to be? <laughs> to in order to go to your route, I don't think a dream would help, right? And um, I wouldn't necessarily do that. But yeah, I, but I'm by your criteria. Yeah. Um, what would be what would be a sufficient to think that jar? It'd be like this epitome of, of thinking something that I've never thought or epiphany. What did I say? Epitome, an apostrophe, <laughs> an epiphany. I'm having an apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. I would say it has to be like something like an epiphany. If I have a dream, then that's only going to, yeah, you know? yeah no. I've had jarring dreams before. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, that sucks. But you know what I do when I wake up? Shake it off. Shake it off, man. No, I write I write down my dreams if they're particularly jarring, but it's like I don't... Sometimes I'll try to interpret them like, okay, what might I be stressed out about right now that I'm having yeah. this dream? But yeah. I don't try to interpret it as as in like, what is God trying to tell me through yeah. this dream? Yeah, yeah. Like, am I actually a pasta? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, yeah, and uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I am very open to uh, that I'm wrong. I don't believe that I'm right. I I don't know if I'm right at this moment. No, I don't I, believe you're right either. <laughs> but uh, I I just think that uh, right now everybody's on that boat that I was speaking about. Everybody is obviously going off of what they think. Everybody's is right. boats have the same hull structure. Right. I think that's a better analogy sure. because I don't think we're all in the same boat. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. It's the same type of boat. Okay. I don't mean that we're all on the same boat as in either. You know. We're all in one boat or whatever, but um, it's that's why I like. But I mean, maybe you don't uh, take it badly, but that's why I'm not convinced on like, hey man, you should get on a boat like this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeing the same thing that's going on here. We just disagree on how we're interpreting these things. But again, that's isn't that the, a, a Christian experience? Mm. You know, so it's like I don't know. It's just a TV, TBD, and a TBC, hopefully. You understand what I mean? TBC? To be continued. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, we, like David frustratedly said before he abandoned us, 
yeah. we wind up revisiting this a lot, but it's like, I think it is, uh, I, I think that the human psyche winds up revisiting the same right. traumas and, and doubts and fears and problems over and over as well. So, you know. Right. And, and I think what it was originally we were trying to talk about was joy in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to reiterate, since that's what we were trying to talk, it's like what I'm struggling with is I have what I think is joy. It's my worry that it's like, this is not how I expected it to come. Yeah. Because for so long, I thought my joy was living like this. I don't, I don't know if I say standard or not standard, but this Christian ideal of I have a family and I have a ministry. I felt like that mm-hmm. was the world to me. Mm. Um, and obviously having that relationship with God. So it's like, I don't have those things. I'm struggling with my relationship with God, yet I do have contentment and joy. And mm. sometimes I feel guilty about it because I'm like, is this supposed to be the way it is? Mm. But nothing really makes sense anyways to me. So I'm just trying to go with the flow and hoping that somehow God works it all out. I don't know what else to I do. I mean, I, I think that's not the worst place to be in, you know? Yeah. Uh, I Hell would be. My, well, yeah. <laughs> my um, hope is that you would develop the that god would put in you the capacity to cling to something even though and and to commit to something not just in word but in in deed and lifestyle uh even though it frustratingly falls short of your definition of uh what it should be yeah right yeah uh and by that because i mean i know you said at the beginning like i'm committed to it and it's like well i don't just mean commit to it in the sense of you Mm -hmm. give a a mental or a verbal assent to it but it's like you know the lifestyle of it Mm -hmm. like killing sin serving the local bride right uh you know engaging right right. sorts. anyway well and i would just say that um i think that I was going to say like that, you never know if this helps in that direction, you know, mm. wish David didn't abandon us because he could have helped too. But uh, that's why I talk about these things is because I know that you don't agree, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, I want to hear your, your arguments. Yeah. Why I would I talk to you if we already agreed on everything? Right. You know, or, but like, I appreciate that you have a different point of view because you could just get stuck in your head, like you said. But this is why it's important to have these conversations, even if you have it 10 times, because uh, for me, at least, I'm not getting my thoughts. I'm getting mm-hmm. Travis's thoughts. I'm getting his mindset and everything. And I think that's helpful. I think that's a part of the Christian journey. Do you pray for felt intimacy? You know what I pray for, like, all the time is that God forgive my sins and others, and that I forgive the sins. And I pray that Jesus just reveal himself. Like, if you're really there... And I'm not defining what that is. Mm. I just need. But it has to be supernatural, right? Uh, I don't. It, I don't want to say it has to be. It just. It can't be what it was. Mm. So that's that's all it is. So like, I'm not trying to define it. I'm just asking God. It's like a desperate plea. Mm. I can't make this thing happen. I don't even want this. So, can you please do something about it? And and that's that. Mm. If he never answers that prayer, I mean, I don't know what can I do about that. Mm. Um, if he, but I have like I have this. I still revert back to going to to Jesus and going to God because it's, I don't want that not to be the case. But I'm also just being like I have to be very honest with everything that's going on here. Mm. I don't feel this way, but like we've already explored, 
I might be wrong about it. Mm. all wrong. So, but you have to go that way. I think you have to go and do that in order to come out on the right side of things. Mm. I pray you get your apostrophe. Well, yeah, so do I. And I would pray that we may, you know, hopefully you can still call me a brother in Christ. Not here, because I think it's that's fair that you don't. I, I get what you're saying and what you believe in. But wherever it is, this goes down the road that it ends up that way. Oh, yeah, I absolutely want it to end up that way. Yeah. I just think that it, in order for it to end up that way, like, it hinges on God being a person and acting in a personal way mm. toward you mm. so it's my prayer all, all right. right wrap it up for now